0: I'm your host, Arlena, and if this is your first time tuning in, you are currently listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast. And what you're about to hear in this episode is my story as a victim and as a survivor of Hurricane Irma. This is the final part of a three-part series entitled Survivors of Hurricane Louis and Hurricane Irma, St. Martin, St. Martin. And this is also the conclusion of my story as a victim and a survivor of Hurricane Irma. This is episode number 077. But before getting into the conclusion of my story, I would like to share with you a little bit of what God shared with me ahead of the approaching of Hurricane Irma. So, sit back, relax. Grab your favorite beverage. And let's get into it. Mention one more thing that the Lord just brought back to my attention. This message is for pastors or any you know anybody who's over a flock. The time is now for you to rise altarizer. It's time to stop trying to fit in. It's time to tell people about Christ. Stop it's time to tell people about Christ if you don't you are going to be responsible it is time it is time to stop dancing around the subject and you know in hopes that maybe they will fall into line once again like the theme is now is the time stop trying to fit in because god made you to stand out do what god has called you to do stop trying to fit in to be cool and to be accepted. Christ did not try to fit in to be accepted. He came, when he came, was to preach truth. But when he comes back, it's going to be something different. And let's not even talk about when he comes back during judgment. It's time for us to do what God has called us to do. Tell somebody about Christ. There's people dying for Christ has called us to do. Amen. That's it. What you just heard was a snippet of some of the message what God shared with me before a few days before the Arrival of Hurricane Irma. In the first part of this story, I left off where I wanted Jesus to come, or I was hoping that he would arrive, at least before Hurricane Irma did. And I also left off where I made certain to make things right with the Lord just in case and as I continue my story next I share with you the memory of the eye of the storm a little shortly couldn't have been no more than maybe a half an hour after I had been awakened a little after 2 a.m. with the sound of static greeting me. I knew that meant that it probably had arrived but was still on the other half of the island. And I remember as I prayed I braved myself. I'm like, Lord, I trust you. And I remember the Lord impressing it upon my heart to go out and bring inside my cats' feeding bowls and their watering tree and to lock ourselves in the bedroom part of the apartment. And. It couldn't have been no more than maybe 30 to 45 minutes later. The winds came roaring with a vengeance. And every window, every door was closed, every window. You know, I put something by the bottom of the door so no wind could come in. But I could feel the wind as I sat at the edge of my bed, just praying and talking to the Lord. A strong wind as if it were present in my apartment. And the Lord instructed me to go into the bathroom. And that's where I went. As the sound got closer and closer. And it got thicker and thicker. And I remember praying and praising God. And I could hear after a minute or two. As I entered the bathroom. My cats one hid under the bed and the other one hid in the closet. As I held the bathroom door. I could hear. The sound of. Zinc flying and just hitting. And then afterward it was followed by the sound of wood cracking, like snapping, clack. And it was a continuous sound of clacking wood, just clack clacking. That's all you could hear. The wind ho- the sounds of the wind howling, boards cracking, and zinc flying. And then eventually, it started cracking right over my head. And I started praying and I started praising the Lord in that bathroom. I'm like, Lord, no matter what happens, I'm going to praise you. And I praised him. And I praised and I praised and I praised him. And I remember as that thing was getting closer and closer over my head and starting to rip the roof from above me, I said, Lord, please don't let the roof go from over my head, at least in here where I'm at. And I remember specifically as I was praying in between praising. The Lord started speaking to me. And he started to discipline me. And it was about the call in my life. And I remember saying, Lord, I promise I'll be obedient. I will be obedient. Because. I wasn't quite as obedient as I should have been. When I got the call. And especially for this. Podcast. And I remember saying to him I said Lord. If you spare me. I'll. I promise I'll do better. I'll do better. Mm. Wow, when you think back, it's it's yeah. eventually of course the wind ended up taking the roof from over my head as far as the bathroom so I decided okay let me run into the bedroom and there was still some well lots of wood left in the bedroom that I could hide but it wouldn't be for too long because yes then that started going here I was the first time by myself going through this didn't really know what to do and as it all went from above my head as far as the bathroom and the bedroom I'm like but where do I go and I decided okay let me try to see if I can go out into the kitchen and living room area and I remember when I opened the door I could not believe what I was seeing. I had no clue that my roof had been long gone. I stood there in awe. My nice, clean, cozy apartment that I went to bed with. Everything was strewn all over the place. And scared for my life, I ran or I tried to run. And I opened the door to see maybe if I can go downstairs to my neighbor. And as I opened that door, the wind just pulled that door straight out of my hand and it hit BOP! I'll never forget that. And when the door just flew from out of my hand and it broke the door completely off. Yes my door took off without a visa. And it hit the port so hard it broke the banister. And it knocked me. The wind came twirling. It had tornado winds in it. It came twirling at me. And it hit me straight in my gut. Boop! i never forget it. And here it hit me against the wall like a rag doll. I fell on the ground out of breath. And the water, like a wall of water, came gushing at me. Now, mind you, I... My apartment is on the second floor, and it came like a, like a wall of water. And as I tried to get I heard the Holy Spirit say, I heard the Lord say to me, "Get up." As I tried to get up, the floor was wet and slippery. And as I tried to get up and there was nothing to really hold on to because everything was strewn everywhere. I slipped and I fell again. And as I slipped and fell, the water came right over my head. And I said, oh my God. I said, it looks like this is the way I'm going to go. I'll never forget it. I said, well, then if this is the way I got to go, I said, Lord, if I'm guilty of anything, I repent, forgive me of my sins. And the Lord said, get up get into the bedroom. And I managed to grab hold of the door of the bedroom. And he told me to go in there and to put the mattress behind the door. And at this point, my queen-size mattress was soaked. And here I was, tired, strewn, bruised, beaten from this hurricane but I was still fighting for my life. And I dragged. I dragged that heavy, wet queen mattress. With back problems and all. And I laid it against the door. And just within a few minutes of putting it against the door. I could hear the sound of the wind hitting the door. Bah! Like this thing wanted to kill me. And I pressed against that door with the chair and that wet mattress. And my two cats are afraid for their lives hiding. And when it finally slowed a bit, I'm like, I gotta run. It slowed. She just calmed. For I had gotten hit. By the eye. And as I. As it stopped. We all ran out. From wherever we were. Neighbors. We were like. Oh my God. Are you okay? And I'm like. Yes. I remember. I never forgot. When my neighbor saw. door everything gone From my house. My apartment. She was like. Oh my goodness. Are you okay? She was truly concerned. I think the only neighbor that out of a few that were truly, really concerned for my well-being. And I said, yes, I am. I I'm alive. I thank God because, yeah, I know what I had just experienced. I had a near-death experience with Hurricane Irma. And then I would realize that's what the fast was for. Had I broken that fast, I would have probably lost my life just like the enemy wanted me to. After the eye calming down, we all were able to come outside and make sure that we were all okay as best as we could because there was so much damage. And as we each were trying to check on each other, I went to check on my father to make sure that he was okay. He was a little shaken, but he was okay. And I thank God for that. Because every one of us, we suffered damage. We had lost our roofs, but his roof was standing. And it was definitely standing by the grace and the mercy of God. And I ran there for the other half of the hurricane. I think we had a calm for maybe, maybe about an hour. And there came her tail. So I weathered the tail in my father's house. And my two cats were stuck up in the shell of an apartment, cold, wet, and shivering and while i was there i kept praying that the my father's roof doesn't go because if if he if it goes wh- what are we going to do and i prayed for both my cats i know that sounds crazy but yeah i prayed for my babies and when that tale was over thank god it, it like it couldn't pass fast enough but you know what thank god she didn't stay The length of time that Louis stayed. Because had she lingered. Like Lewis, I promise you we would have been all dead. God was merciful to us. And I remember. Running back over. As soon as it was over to see the well-being of my cats and there as I looked into the closet there was one of my babies shivering and I held her in my arms and I I brought her to safety and I brought her over in my father's house and then I went to look for the other one and she was skittish and she was under the bed And I had to get a couple of men to help me hold up the bed while I grabbed her. And a couple of them, they came and they held the bed up for me to grab her. And when I got her, she was so afraid that she, you know, she pierced my skin. From fright. But she was okay. She was okay. Yeah, they were okay. So my father was okay. I was okay. And my babies was okay. Despite losing everything I had, whatever little I had, I lost it all. But I was okay, I was okay. I was thanking God for sparing my life because I knew what I experienced. And when I told that to people, they were like, oh my God, wow. It was nothing but a miracle, the hand of God. Overnight. Images, Hurricane Irma, the most powerful Atlantic hurricane in recorded history, slamming that Caribbean island overnight. Brand new video showing the Category 5 storm with winds hitting over 200 miles an hour the moment it hit St. Martin. And um, I remember as we came out after everything was said and done, my God. The place was in a mess. It didn't matter which part you looked, because where I live, I live on the hill, I could see everything, practically. All you saw was rubble and debris. Old cars that had been strewn from God knows where. Trailers. Containers. 50 feet containers. Containers. Strewn in the air like nothing. People's homes. Roofs missing. Complete. Some homes. Not just roofs were missing. You'd be driving down the street. I I remember this one particular house. And as. Her entire front part of her house was gone. You could see straight through. Phew. So it was not just a roof for her and for quite a few. Poor, young, old, saved, unsaved, no one could laugh at each other. Very few went untouched. About maybe 5 to 10 percent went untouched. And I remember when I took a look at that place I remember saying that's it we're done. The next couple of days would be rough. We'd survived but now we were left to pick up the pieces and that's where the hard work really began. And a lot of uh American tourists were trapped here, and um, tourist ships were sent in to get them, you know, via Puerto Rico, where they would be flown out um, from an army plane because our airport was completely destroyed, so was our port, so there was no way of getting to us, and they, I think it was like maybe a week or two later they were trying to send a plane like a army plane to get some of the American passengers that were here on vacation and who got stuck here in order to bring them out and I remember that instance just wishing that yeah, things were a little different because if they were I could have joined them too as an American citizen, but I couldn't. I had my father to attend to as well as myself. And the strangest thing, the following Saturday from the day Irma hit, I was supposed to have been headed back out to the US so that all those plans of course would change And as we tried to pick up the pieces of our lives, it was difficult. Whatever little preparation I had made, all those bags of crackers were no use because everything was destroyed. I was thankful that I was alive and so was my cats. But in reality, once again, here I was. I was already struggling. And here, now here I was being hit. Where I was, you know, I lost, ended up losing everything. And when it finally sank in and the cleanup time began, I would spend various days, long hours, picking up the pieces of what was left. And. When I would think back to everything that I had already been through and then this, even though I was thankful that I was alive, definitely, I couldn't help but think that somehow I had failed. And I remember as I was was picking up the pieces of my life, cleaning up this place. It took a long time, God knows. Because it wasn't just me cleaning mines, I had to also take care of my father at the same time, so it was rough. And there were days, there was no food. At least someone would bring a plate of food for my father, which was good. And then eventually I had one of the neighbors, she would bring a plate of food for me and my father. But at that time we all had to, you know, you know, we didn't have much because, yeah, you know, a lot of us, we lost everything. And I remember it kind of reminded me, it was like a scene out of the book of Revelation. One of my cousins had given me $100 and I still had that $100 because I was traveling. So I had her to travel and we needed water and whatever we could buy. But guess what? You had money, but you still couldn't buy no food. Because either shops were broken in, looted, or everything was empty off of the shelves. And guess what? We had no port, no seaport, nor did we have an airport? So nothing could come into us until a long while after, and when they did, especially on the Dutch side, they sat there for a very long time. And I remember there was this one particular shop, not too far from us, and they had some water crackers. And I would buy a couple bags of water crackers because, well, you know, you get a ton of crackers in the bag. And I would eat six crackers a day. And there was no water. So I would drink Coke or Sprite. I think I remember one time going a whole week without food. Hmm. Shannon said something about the famine diet. A diet I knew all too well. But praise God. Praise God. Praise God. as I started to look at my life, I started to become frustrated. And I remember one day I just, I just broke down crying. Because it seemed like I couldn't catch a break. I've been through so much and now this, how was I going to pick up the pieces? How? A single woman, but by the grace of God, I would, I would. Fast forward to November of 2017, that very same year, two months later, after my father had gotten a lot of the roofs on to his property, I waited for the last, I think when I left, there was one roof that still needed to be done. But for the most part, all the roofs had been secured, including my own roof. And I left my apartment clean. And I remember as I was cleaning out my apartment and throwing them away, rolling the wheelbarrow down the street to the garbage bin, you know, as you're sifting through the rubble, trying to see what you can salvage, which, trust me, wasn't too much. And I heard the Lord said to me, he said, um, don't save nothing. He said, dump everything. And when God gave me the Genesis 12 call in 2014 or 2013, between 2013 and 2014, I believe it was 2014, I didn't know how I was going to do it. Because I didn't have the resources, didn't have an apartment. I, you know, I, I had an apartment back home, but I didn't have an apartment where he was sending me. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? You know, I, I had turned over every scenario in my head. How am I going to get this done? And I remember him saying to me, he said, dump everything. He said, you were wondering how you were going to get everything done? because I was like, you told me to leave, but how, you know, how am I, how how am I going to do this? I don't have the cash. I don't have where to go. You know, it's one thing when you're going to stay by someone for a couple of months, but it's like, you're, you're asking me to move. Where am I going? Who am I going to? And he said to me, now you don't have to worry about What you gonna do with your stuff. He said dump it all. And start over new. And all I had left. By the time I was ready to travel. I had ten dollars in my pocket. I'll never forget that. Because I had to buy food. And litter to make sure that my cat had my cats had you know their food to hold them for a couple of months until I could find something to do in the US to send back money to you know for the person that I would leave to take care of them for the few months with hopes of them eventually you know coming and of course that took years but yeah by the grace of God it's been done And I headed out to the U.S., back to the U.S. And I ended up by my cousin for about a month until, like I said before in a couple of my previous podcast episodes, when the time came for me was to go, the Lord told me to move on and to go into the shelter. And I did so. And from that shelter in New York City, I went to the shelter in on December 24th, Christmas Eve, I'll never forget, um, of 2017. I spent Christmas sleeping in the shelter. I was thankful that I was not on the street. And I had food to eat. And I left that shelter in March of 2018 after receiving my tax return I had a prayer and a plan and I hopped the Chinese bus and I headed for South Carolina where I stayed in another shelter as I would try to look for work and after spending 30 days in South Carolina I realized it's not for me and it's hard getting around I realized that it was not the place for me. And at that point, my credit was jacked up because, yeah, I had lost everything, fell behind on payments. And, yeah, the credit card companies don't care. You know, you get the song and dance. Oh, we're so sorry. And because, well, it took place outside of the U.S., so I had no protection. So, my credit... Took a uh one heck of a nosedive. And, yeah. So I decided, well, I think it would be best if I try South Carolina because it's cheaper than North Carolina. Even though the truth is I wanted to go to North Carolina. I wanted to go to Charlotte. But because of the cost of living in Charlotte and my credit was jacked up, I was like, who's going to get me an apartment? And after 30 days in South Carolina's shelter, women's shelter, I hopped the Greyhound. I realized that I went off course. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. I didn't trust you. I thought I couldn't do it. I didn't trust you. I veered off into the wrong direction. Please forgive me. And I started making calls to find shelters in North Carolina or Charlotte, actually. And started applying for jobs before I got there, interviews. And the day when I left, by then I had lined up, I believe, either two or three interviews of which I would end up getting a job from one of those companies, but I didn't get it right away. The one I applied for when I left, I did not get hired. But shortly after, the person left after a month, And the opening came. And eventually... I did end up getting the job. But before all of that, I spent four months... in a shelter in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you want to hear more about the story, I think it's in one of the testimonial episodes. I don't really want to touch too much on it. I... Ended up in Charlotte. I spent like five days in a hotel. And one of my friends that I was in a shelter with in New York City. um, She borrowed me some cash. I now forgot that. Miss Tammy. God bless you, Miss Tammy. And that I was able to pay for the weekend until I can go and wait in line. To see if I could get a bed. And even that was a fight. But by God's grace and mercy, I got a bed. It was a bunk bed, and it was a top bed. Your girl was old. She was like, can you climb? I'm like, well, I'm going to have to. And yeah, I would climb it every day, every night. And I spent four months there. I worked hard. I worked two jobs. And within four months, I was out the door. The shelter paid for one month rent. And since then, I have left Charlotte. I'm somewhere else. And by the grace of God, I'm on my fourth lease. Well, I'm going, am I on my fourth lease? Yeah, I'm going on my fourth lease. My fourth lease. This is my third lease in this city. And one... In Charlotte. God is good. God is really good. My credit, by the grace of God, I worked hard on it. It has gone up. It keeps going up by the grace of God because I learned to manage my money properly. I don't waste nothing that I have. I have acquired on my own. I didn't join no secret societies or like we say back home, I ain't visit no old a man, no witch, no wizard to get nothing that God has given me. Whatever I have is God has given me. I worked hard. I worked I, two jobs in Charlotte just to get my apartment because I'm like after I'm like by three months I got to be out and I worked hard and I remember when the lady was taking me to my apartment she said I've never seen you before she said how long you been there I said four months you're like really she said but I've never seen you I said because I'm out working I wasn't hanging out you know I wasn't hanging around all day doing nothing expecting them to look for an apartment for me no I wasn't that type I'm like no I, I I'm No, I just need the bed, yeah. But I'm going to do what I got to do. And I worked two jobs. And before getting my job in accounting in Charlotte, I did a week at BIC. Mm Mm-hmm. Packing highlighters. And boy, my back was ripping and I never forgot. I cried. I said, Lord, you know my back. I can't stand like that. Help me next day i got a call what was, what was the name of that hotel again my god i, I it's been so long i don't even remember but it's a hotel right there downtown and they were hiring for a a kitchen attendant like a cook and i did not know the first thing about working and no hotel let alone as a cook and when she interviewed me i'll never forget her she was also from new york city she said, do you have experience working as a cook? I said, no, but I said, honey, I can cook. <laughs> and she liked me. And she hired me. And yes, indeed. On the weekends, I would work as a breakfast attendant where I ran the kitchen. I don't remember the name of that hotel. My God, help me. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't even remember. It's right downtown. I can Lord have mercy. It's like I really forgot a lot of things in Charlotte cuz I really left Charlotte behind. It's right downtown. Right downtown. It's right in the right in the bus terminal. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful um hotel. My God, it's, it's right above the Bank of America um, Plaza. But anyway, I can't remember the name of the hotel right now. And I worked there for like about six months. Up until after my father died. Because when my father died, I had to leave it. So I would work my regular job Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, I would work the weekends. And even after I got my apartment, I still continued on for a little while. Even though it was taking a lot out of me. Especially also with trying to do the podcast. And... The time had come that I had to surrender it. But I tried to hold on to it as long as I could. Not because I needed it at that point, because the other job was paying decent enough. But the fact that she gave me a chance, I didn't forget that. So I stuck with her for a little while until I could go no longer. And that was the end of that. Fast forward, I'm in a different city, been in this city going on three years, a beautiful apartment complex by the grace of God, and I got life. And my credit score keeps going up. And each time it goes up, I said, by your grace and mercy, Father. I owe everything to the Lord. I really do. I really, really do. But I also have to say this too. I've always been a praying woman. When most people were out partying back home, I'd be up the midnight hours, 2 o'clock in the morning, walking the floors, Praying, praising God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thank him for his grace and his mercy and his hand of protection and preservation on my life and the life of my babies. Many people who were affected by Hurricane Irma quite a bit, have passed on due to the stress of losing everything and having to start over and not know how you're going to do so. But one thing I did notice during that time, there was no unity, unlike Lewis. And in no way, form, or fashion could Lewis, as bad as he was, ever compare to Irma. Category 5 plus. And also, what I saw, the believers... Versus the non-believers. We all lost. But the believers. We still had some. Piece of joy. Because we knew. That God was giving us a second chance. By sparing our lives. He didn't have to. Whereas you saw many. Unsaved, drinking, depression, anger, frustration. But for many of us who didn't have it, like myself, we were like the widow in the story of the widow's might. She gave all she had. We lost all we had. But one thing we knew we had Christ and we knew because of him we were still standing and that eventually one day by God's grace and mercy we were going to rise even though we didn't know how owen yes Fast forward Saint Martin Saint Martin is about eighty five to ninety per cent back four years after the disaster and destruction of Hurricane. I would like to say this, though. God sent it as a warning and a wake-up call for us. And just like when I described earlier In the episode where that airy feeling, that airy feeling throughout the land and only the sound of like hammers swinging could be heard and how we knew that something was coming for us. Something, not just something, but something big. Something that was going to definitely make a one heck of an impact. And even though we knew it was, we still never thought it would be what we got. The same thing stands for today. The spiritual temperature. Is eerie out there. It's hard for one to deny and say that the coming of Christ is not getting closer. Each day, as we look, especially as we experience a lot of the labor pains. The seasons of sorrow. You can't help but think back to what the Bible tells us in Matthew 24. The signs of times. And I would advise everyone, including the people of St. Martin, if they ever get to hear this podcast, This is the time we need to get our houses in order. I'm not talking about our physical houses. I'm talking about our spiritual houses. It is very important. God spared us and St. Martin, he could have He could have wiped us off from the face of this earth. And I remember from the different Christians, from different denominations, they said, oh, it's the enemy that sent it. And I remember praying, speaking to the Lord, and asking him if if it was him or the enemy. I heard him as clear as a bell. He said it was him. And I remember him saying to me, he said, Arlena... Common sense, okay, nonsense. Saint Martin was the devil's playground, and they were they doing such a good job at it. Do you think he would have destroyed? The enemy would have destroyed. His playground, at least not yet. And I said no, and he said to me, "Had it been the enemy." None of us would have been alive. He said it was him. It was a wake-up call for us to wake up. And sadly, by that time, I had already left the island. But sadly, sad enough, April of the following year, so that would be October, November, December, January, February, March, seven months later, St. Martin had its first carnival after God sparing us from Hurricane Irma. God help us. That's all I can say. Make your election sure before it is too late. Be blessed. And thank you for listening